Amen, amen. It's time to get all the puppies back in the box this morning, especially my wife. I just called you out, babe. I just called you out. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Raise the roof. Raise the roof. I hope so. Praise the Lord. It's so good to see everybody in the house. 2020, can you believe it? Y'all made it to 2020. You and George Jetson, right? And so, the Jetsons, right, man? So, that was the futuristic thing. The George Jetsons, the cartoon. 2020, right? So, it was a big deal. So, we don't have no flying cars yet that I can see. Uh, anyway. I'm waiting for him because, you know, being an Air Force guy, I like to fly, so it's kind of a cool thing. But anyway, it's good to have all of you in the house this morning. It's good to have all of our guests in the house. Let's give it up for our guests this morning. Thank you so much for being here. It's my prayer that everybody had a wonderful Christmas, and I know we had a wonderful Christmas at the Hills Campus. I know we had a wonderful New Year's uh, at home. and. And our family was down all last week, and we had a great time with our kids, and uh, so we don't get to see them much, and they went back the other day, and I got to let the kids go, right? So is it time to let the kids go? I think so. Children's Church, they're back here. Uh, Bill, you weren't doing jumping jacks. What is up with that? Okay, okay. I thought maybe it was because of Christmas and New Year's, you know. It was like, you know, you know, we eat a lot of cookies at that time frame, you know. I know how that is, but anyway, let's give it up for our young people as they go back to Children's Church. Amen. So it's all good, but, uh, you know, God is good to each and every one of us, you know. And uh, so, uh, so guess what book we're in this morning? Nope, we're in Proverbs this morning, uh, Proverbs chapter 3. So, hey, listen, I felt led. I wanted to do a New Year's message, kind of a New Year's message to start the year off right for all of us. And so I want you to be encouraged this morning as we go into the Word of God this morning. The Word of God is so valuable and so important for us to uh, gain understanding and insight from the Word of God. And it'll comfort your weary soul. It'll strengthen you when you're weak. Listen, it'll make you happy when you read it and you see how God has dealt with so many people and how people come through all the different aspects of living because of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in their life. To know that if they can make it, listen, we can make it too, right? And so we can do that because of the power of Jesus. It's all because of the power of Jesus. I sit here and think about Sister Marge, that because of the power of Jesus, it's not because of anything that she did or said or done, but it's because of the power of Jesus that she alone is in heaven. It's not anything. And listen, and that's a great hope for all of us. Because of the power of Jesus, she's in glory running with the angels. I just imagine her. Like I said, I was thinking about her. I said, man, I don't see her on the front pew. But I promise you, she's on that front pew in heaven, getting it, taking it all in, taking every note. She don't even need to take notes because she's perfected. She, as everything is perfected for her, and she would not even want to come back right now. She just wants to make sure all of y'all come to where she is. That's the most important thing that we could ever understand and know. And so as I was thinking about um, New Year's, I was thinking about how many of you uh, have a... Um, have one of these. How many of you have a GPS on your phone? Uh-huh. I, I just want how many of you use your GPS? All right. How many of you, how many men use the GPS? 
See, that's a joke. See, see, see. Ever since the early 1800s, men never asked for directions, right? They just, they just, they just wander and, and go and they pretend like they know where they're going, you know. But the GPS uh, can be a wonderful thing. It can help you find direction uh, for your life. And in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, how many of you ever used a compass? Anybody ever used a compass before? I got some guys using a, have used a compass before. You know how to use a compass, you know. And I know I've used a compass before. Uh, uh, back in my Air Force days, uh, up in uh, survival training, up in Spokane, Washington, they dumped me off out in the middle of the mountains, woods, in the middle of winter one time, and all I had was a map and my compass, you know. So I had to learn how to use my compass and stick to it, you know. So, but it's, a, it's amazing what you can do uh, when you have a compass. Um, as you know, most of everybody here knows that I was in the Air Force. If you can go to that next slide for me, uh, I would appreciate that. See that airplane right there? That was my home away from home right there. And, uh, and I spent many hours on that air machine in Charleston, South Carolina. is where I was originally stationed there. And uh, for 22 years, that's what I flew on right there. And I flew all over the world. And it always amazed me, uh, flying all over the world, I uh, accumulated about nearly 7,000 hours in the air time. So you spend a good portion of your life in that little tube right there. But, but the wonderful thing is I got to see so much of the world and so much of the things, and it made me, it made me more, I, I guess over everything, it made me more appreciate our country and where I live, you know, because most of the places where I went was very, very poor, very, very poor, a lot of places that I went. So it's just really incredible. But what also amazed me about that airplane is that we could fly all around the globe. I flew all over the world, you know, and never got lost, not one time, you know. And, and that's important in an airplane, right? <laughs> you do not want to get lost, right? And, 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 and you know, and when I first started flying back in the, in, in the, in the late 70s, um, I'm wondering, I'll tell you, it's none of your business how old I am. But anyway, it's, um, but listen, no, in the late 70s, I started flying on that thing, and it didn't have GPS. It didn't have GPS. We flew with a navigator, right? The navigator had his own little special seat on the left-hand side behind the pilot's, and he would chart the course, and he would pull out the maps, and he would pull out the compasses, and I mean, the compasses was up on his dash there, that he was reading it, but he would chart the course. And I used to fly to this little island called Ascension Island. You can Google it later. Ascension Island is a little like a four-mile by six-mile piece of lava rock, dead center in the Atlantic Ocean, in between Africa and South America. It's right in the middle. And it used to be a stop-and-over place for World War II bombers, to refuel that were fighting in World War II in Africa. And so we would fly down there and resupply people there, and that was kind of our stop on the way to Africa to resupply all the American embassies. And it always amazed me, this little four-mile by six-mile island in the middle of the ocean, nothing around it, and we would fly down there. And it was one of my favorite trips to go down there because it was like going to a different world. And we'd go down there, and we would have no more than a map and a compass. It was amazing. And I'm like, how are we doing this? And then the navigator one night when I first started flying, he got up and he opened up this box. And in this box was a, a tool called a sextant. Anybody know what a sextant is? If you do a ship navigation, you have a sextant. And what do you do with it? You shoot the stars. So at nighttime, you can't see anything. So you shoot the stars to make sure you're on course. And we would actually have a sextant that would go through the roof in the flight station and it would shoot the stars, and the navigator would stand on his, if he was too short, he'd stand on his box so he could see, and then he would shoot the stars to make sure his navigation 
was correct because listen, when you're going to a four mile by six mile island in the middle of the ocean, the ocean is very huge. You want to make sure you get there because if you don't get there, you're going to be going in the water somewhere. And it was amazing because I'm like, how in World War II did they used to do it, you know? It was amazing. But here's the thing. At Ascension Island, there would also be a radio beacon that would be sent out. And it would reach out for a couple hundred miles. And this radio beacon would send out a signal. So, but you had to get within range of that radio beacon. And once you could hear it on your radio, then what you could do is the compass would point right towards the island. And it would draw you into it. So that's how they did in World War II uh, and all that stuff, plus guiding with the sex. So it's amazing where we've come from. And I'm talking about in the late 70s, we didn't have GPSs. We just didn't have that. But then later on, we had GPSs. They called them INSs or inertial navigation systems, and they were a GPS in a box. It was a huge box, not a little phone, but a box. And they had one, and then eventually they would put two on the airplane, and it removed the navigator that we didn't need him anymore because we had two GPSs that would work. So, so but here's the thing is that, that it was so important for us to be on track. On track to get to our destination. Otherwise, we would have perished. And all those hours of going all over the world that I accumulated, we never got lost, not one time. And it's just amazing that when you do what you're supposed to do, and you follow your charts and your maps and you do exactly what you should do, it's amazing how you'll find the end of your destination. And so for 2020, I want us to think about, we have a GPS, we have a compass, and it's called the Word of God. And so today, there's a passage of Scripture that I love. It's one of my favorite Scriptures. It's one of my solid Scriptures, that my anchor verse Scriptures, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. Lean not in your understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will what? He will direct your path or he will make your path straight. That's one of my verses that have really helped me out through my life. Because it's all about trusting in God. It's all about that. And so we're going to look at those first 12 verses in chapter 3 of Proverbs this morning, if you don't mind. And what's the interesting thing about this passage of scripture, if you look at it, and listen, this is, this is a good scripture that I would highlight, mark up, and, this, and listen, you can write in your Bible. It's not sacrilege to write in your Bible. Write in your Bible, because you never know when you leave this planet who's going to see it. Right? Right? I know, I know. And so listen, you can write in your Bible. I, I've, I've written in all of mine, I hope that somebody, especially my kids, will see it when I leave, you know, or somebody else. You know, it's important for us to mark it down. But in Proverbs 3, 1 through 12, if you notice when you look at that, that those verses, every, listen, every odd number is an instruction. All right? Every even number is a promise with a result. All right? So I want you to mark, keep that in mind as we go through this. And that's why I say mark this. You want to you wanna compass for your life? Then I want to encourage you Learn these scriptures right here. Listen, this is the Word of God. It's infallible. It's inerrant. There's no error in the Word of God. This is God breathed His Word. He brings it to us to reveal truth, to reveal His personhood, who He is, His character, His integrity. And listen, and it's, and it's our guidebook. It's our compass for living. And so as we go into this this morning, I want you to gain, listen, you want, you want food for your soul. You want to have a successful 2020. Listen, listen to the word of God this morning. Mark it down. Write it down. Live the word. Don't just read the word. Do something with the word. Make it part of who you are. And we're going to talk about kind of all that this morning in the point. So if you have your notes, 
right? And you have your pen, pencil, your lipstick, or mascara. Listen, write them in, fill them in, all right? And then I would say tonight, before you go to bed tonight, pull that list out. And I think you need to do it, take it, and you can start taking a self-evaluation right here, right now, or you can do it later on tonight when it's peace and quiet in your house, and you're laying in the bed looking up at the ceiling, and you're saying, okay, Jesus, I want to go through this, and I just want to see where I'm, where I'm landing at. I'm going to see where my destination is. I want to make sure my destination, my heartbeat for you as your pastor is that your destination is heaven every time. That's what we're here for. I mean, I, I, want, I want all of you to be in heaven with me, man. Can you imagine all of us standing around the throne of God on our faces, facing Jesus Christ and just saying, and just hug, man, we'll be hugging each other for a long time and it'll be like, Lord, it's so good to us that we're here. Here we are. Jesus, you're here. We're here. It's so awesome. We get to meet people and get to see people we haven't seen for a long time that we've missed for a long time. I think about Sister Marge and I think about she was 93 years old and I'm thinking, my goodness, she had a lot of people that she hadn't seen in 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years that have already gone on to heaven that she knew. And she hadn't seen them for a very long time. And I thought, man, that's incredible. She missed people desperately. She probably was at an age where there was more people in heaven that she knew than on the earth. When you think about it. And so, listen, I am so stoked happy she gets to meet my family my granddad who was a preacher i know you know that she gets to meet all of them and she can say all the bad things about me from the front pew you know i don't know but, but anyway to my granddad i don't know but i just know it's a fact she's there not because of her but because of jesus and she would tell you that if she could come back she'd say jesus his word holy spirit she'd say listen to the holy spirit read his word stay in it Every single day. Don't waver from it. I know. I've seen her bedroom, and I saw when I, in her last days, and I saw all her notebooks and saw her Bibles and her books and stuff. I know how much she loved Jesus. That's important. We need to love Jesus like she loved Jesus. We want to see her again? Love Jesus like she loved Jesus. And you will see her again, no doubt in my mind. So you ready to get started? Let me, let me talk about the Bible right now. Proverbs chapter 3, here we go. Keep that in mind. Instruction followed by a promised result. He says in verse 1, My son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands. For they will bring you, what? Here's the promise. Many days at full life and well-being. Man, this is a solid rock of God's word. It's so true. Verse 3, never let loyalty, and that word loyalty means kindness, and faithfulness, and some of your translations may say truth, it means truth, leave you. Never let loyalty, kindness, faithfulness, truth, leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And he says, then you will find favor and high regard in the sight of God and the sight of man. And then he says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not some of your heart, but all your heart. And do not rely on what? Your own understanding. We don't understand our brain. We're not smart enough to understand all of God. He reveals himself to us to help us to understand who he is. That's why there's a lot of tough questions out there. But God is the one that we turn to. If we don't have God, who do we have? <laughs> and God is so rich in love and mercy and grace. Always turn to God. Think about him, he says, in all your ways. In all your ways. And he will what? He'll guide you on the right paths. And in verse 7 he says, Don't consider yourself to be wise 
A lot of people do that. He says, fear the Lord. Not to be scared, but be, scared, but be reverent to him. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. That's repenting. Turn away from evil. Turn to God. And this is what, this is the promise. He says, there will, this will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. Number nine, he says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce of your entire harvest. Because it all comes from God. It doesn't come from us. We don't make anything. God made it all. And it comes from him. And he says, and he says then your barns, he says, when you do this, and you bless them with the first produce of your entire harvest, and then your barns will be completely filled, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Um, and then verse 11, he says, Do not despise the Lord's instruction, my son, and do not loathe his discipline. For the Lord disciplines the one that he loves, just as a father, the son he delights in. So the Bible, when we look at this, is a guide. It's our roadmap. It's our GPS, or it's our compass. These verses are a compass for living. They are for, for living godly life in the will of God. God wants you to be in the center of his will. He doesn't want you to be outside the center. He wants you to be in his will. When you're outside of the will, then you become your own God. Because you're saying, I don't need God. I don't need to be in the circle with God. I'm outside. I'm going to do my own thing, Jesus. And when we do that, then what we do is... We end up, we end up, listen, we end up becoming our own God to our destruction. God is the truth. He gave us his truth through his word. And we need to listen to it. Man, I beg you, listen to his word. Let it melt your heart. Let go. Don't be prideful. Don't be hard-hearted. Open your eyes. Listen to God speak to your life. Listen to God speak to your heart. Let him melt your heart. He will. And listen, you'll be better for it. I promise you, you will be better for it. So there are values of following his word. And so this compass that we're looking at in this word this morning, look at number one, write this down. It points to the scripture itself every time. The compass points to the scripture. Proverbs 3, 1. Look at verse 1. He says here, here's the instruction. He said, my son... Don't forget my teaching, or daughter, my son, or daughter, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands. He has commands. He does have commands for us to follow. This is our moral guide for our living, our life. This is how we live. We live. This is, this is the morality that we need to be following. You know, it heads us in the right direction every single time. The world will lead us away from God. It will, and it'll lead you away from God going down the wrong path. And you, and you hear it. You listen to the things of the world, and the world is not listening to God or is not even proclaiming God's message. God's message is real, and God's message is the one you need to be listening to, searching out. And listen, I don't say, just don't believe this pastor up here. Check it out for yourself. When I look at young people, I say, check it out for yourself. Don't listen to what somebody else is saying. Don't even listen to me. Back it up with the first, the witness of who God is through his word. You know, I say all the time, I used to say to my students all the time when I was a youth pastor, I used to look at them, I used to say, listen, this, is, this word is so valuable, it's so true, because, you know, the second half, the New Testament was written by, it's eyewitness accounts. These are people that walk with Jesus. These are people that talked with Jesus. 
These are people that laughed with Jesus. These were people that cried with Jesus. These are people that watched Jesus hang on a cross and die. And, 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 and Jesus comes back to life again and he says, fear not when he appears in the room to 12 of them. You know, and then he appears to 500 in the book of Acts before he's caught up into heaven. Read the stories. Check it out. First, eyewitness account. Eyewitness accounts matter. They matter in the court of law, don't, do they not? You come and you see an accident, right? You see an accident, you see it with your eyewitness account, you see it. Listen, Jesus was no accident. Jesus, it was, it was determined by God for Jesus to be on this planet Earth. To do exactly what he did by laying his life down on that, rule, on that cruel cross. He gave it up because he, knows, he knew that we needed his death on that cross in order to go to heaven and be joined with God. That's why he did it. That's why he shed his blood. The scripture, the word of God is truth from cover to cover. From the index, from all the way to maps, it's all true. I promise you it's true. You see it. There's no contradictions in it. The things that we see as contradictions, you know, well, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all look different. Yes, they look different because if they looked the same, it would be collaboration. But because they're different, it's a different picture of the same story and the same facts. And when you see those facts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Matthew, man, he portrayed Jesus as the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the king, you know? Mark portrays Jesus as the suffering servant. Luke portrays him as a son of man, fully flesh, yet fully God. And John portrays Jesus as deity. He is the son of God. He is above everything. He is far above. Remember? Everything. Power, dominion, authority, rulers. Jesus is far above everything. And let us never forget that. So the word of God is absolutely true. And you need to meditate on it all the time. Listen, his word, however, will keep us on track with God. That's why it's important for us to read his word. The promised result in verse 2, it says, For they will bring you, what, many days, a full life, and well-being, or peace. Length of days, years of life are added to you when you spend time in the word of God. Why? Listen, because of the choices that you make. If you make choices based on what thus saith the word, the Lord, what God says, Listen, your life is going to be fruitful. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect. Nothing's ever not going to happen to you. We live in a sin-sick, fallen world. It rains on me as a saved person, and it rains on a lost person. It rains on all of us. But the truth is, the truth is that we need to know. Listen, listen, when we make godly choices, it is better for our livelihood every time. When we make ungodly choices, listen, you're headed down a road toward disaster because you're following your own thinking, your own way. And God doesn't want you to follow your way. Your way stinks. So do mine. We, God wants us to follow his way. Every time, listen, and listen, you think it won't catch up with you when you do things wrong? It catches up with you. But it doesn't just affect you. It affects everybody that's around you. It'll affect your family. It'll affect this church congregation if it's in the house. It affects everything. Sin is like cancer. It's worse because it'll lead you to everlasting separation from a holy God who hates sin. And God wants us to love him and get rid of the sin and live a holy life in his presence here and hereafter where Marge is. Never forget Jesus. 
died for you. He gives his word and teaches you how to live. Your compass for living is in his word. The Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. That's in Numbers 32 and 23. Be sure your sin will find you out. I actually have a placard that had that verse that was put on my doorway. Um, I was up in North Carolina. I don't, it's in a box somewhere here. I don't know where it is, but anyway, i got to find it. But anyway, it was always a reminder for me. Be sure your sin will find you out. It would keep me from being in sin, purging any sin in my life. Every single day, dying daily to Jesus. Every day. I have to do that for me as your pastor. Every single day I've got to die to myself because I want to live for God. I want to be the example that God has called me to be for each and every one of you and for myself. I don't want to, I, and it's not even that. I, I don't want to lose that connection that I have with the Holy God. And there are times, some days I feel like I'm not connected with God and I've got to evaluate myself. Sometimes you feel that way, I'm sure. Like, God, where are you? Why is this happening? What's going on? He'll tell you. He'll tell you for sure. Be sure your sin will find out. There's no hiding from God. Whatever you cover, listen, God will uncover. You can't cover something up forever. God's going to uncover it. Proverbs 28, 13 says, The one who conceals his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them will find mercy and grace and truth and everything. In other words, you know, the person that walks around covered up in sin is like walking around. Remember when I did the blanket? And I put the blanket over my head? Walk around with the blanket on your head. See how far you go before you walk into the wall. Right? Besides that, you look stupid. Right? And so God wants us to what? Uncover. He wants us to uncover. Don't be covered up by sin. Don't be covered up by what sin does. Sin is a blinder. Sin will blind you. Sin will destroy you. Sin will hurt you. Sin, you've got to uncover. And when you uncover, listen, you know what God covers you with? His grace and mercy. Mercy and grace is covered by God on you. Uncover. Get out of your sin. Give it to Jesus. He took it from you 2,000 years ago. You've got to let it go. Let it go. Luke 12, 2 says, There is nothing covered that won't be uncovered, nothing hidden that won't be made known. God knows. So it pays to follow God's instruction. And when you do, listen, peace will be added to you. Well-being is peace. It will be added to you, especially during trying times. Like right now, Mars being gone, it could be a trying time. It would especially be a trying time if we didn't know where she went. And always remember this. Nothing's ever lost if you know where it is. Right? So people tell you, I'm sorry for your loss. Say, I know where she is. <laughs> She's not lost. She's found, boy. She's with the Savior. Number two, this compass, listen, it points us to being kind and considerate and helpful towards others. Look at Proverbs 3, 3. Proverbs 3, verse 3 says, Never let loyalty, or your, your translator may say kindness, and faithfulness, or truth, leave you. He says, Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Being kind and truthful will keep us. Listen, it'll keep you and me attractive to others. Be kind. Be faithful. Be loyal. Be truthful. Be kind. Be faithful. Be truthful. Listen, it makes you attractive to others. How many want to be attractive to others? Amen. We all do. Nobody wants, I just don't want somebody to hate me. It doesn't mean people won't. Sometimes, sometimes the kindness brings that kind of hate, you know, because they really want what you have. 
when it's sincere and it's real and it's truthful. He says, listen, always being kind and helping others. He says, bind them. Attach them to your heart. Bond them to your heart. When bonded to your heart, listen, it will naturally come out of your life. You know, that's why I say, well, Bob Ferry talks about praying. He talks about praying should come as naturally as breathing. And I think also living for Jesus. When you're submitted to the authority of God, that living your life in the presence of Jesus and Jesus in your presence and you're walking around, listen, he's got to come out just as naturally as breathing and living. If he's in here, he has made you more alive than you were before you were saved. You're more alive than you could ever be because nothing could ever destroy you. Nothing can ever kill you. Nothing can ever take away what God has sealed in your heart and your life in Jesus Christ. Isn't that encouraging? Listen, there's nobody, there's no person on planet who can say that. There's nobody can say, listen, we can say that as Christians because Jesus has filled our heart. Jesus has sealed the deal. And he did that 2,000 years ago. So it's important for us to understand that. And he says, bind it and write on the tablets of your heart. And listen, look at verse 4. He says, then you will find favor and high regard in the sight of God and man. Notice he says, God, God first. When you're doing that, when you bind them in your heart, when you're living for God, listen, you find favor in God. God's going to favor your life. He's going to help you through it. He's going to give you plenty. And listen, and in a time when there plenty isn't there, he's still going to see you through and carry you through it every time. He will do that for you. He wants to do that for you. He loves you. He's not a smackdown God, although he could be. He's a God of love. He's the very definition of love. And he loves you no matter what you've done, where you've been, what you've done. Listen, we hold on. We harbor junk in our life thinking, God, you can never forgive me of this. You can never forgive me of that. Jesus canceled it out on the cross. He washed it when he sees you. When God sees you covered in the blood, he sees the blood of Jesus, not your sin. He sees you. He sees the blood of Jesus, his son. When you trust him as Savior, let go of your junk in your, in your life and your past. You will find favor of God in and on your life, your personal life. Listen, you will have joy for your journey daily, weekly, monthly, semi-annually, annually, decades, the rest of your life. When you stay close to Jesus, you will have joy for your journey. There's no doubt about it. Your family life, listen, it will be found more attractive to your immediate family. Well, listen, you will get along better considering others more than you do yourself because, listen, the, the life of a Christian is, is denying yourself. It's about denying yourself. It's letting go and let God control your life. It's not about you. It's about Him through your life. Let Him. Let Him work through your life. Let Him operate. Listen, it, when you do this, listen, when you do this, it takes all the pressure off of you. Why do you want to put pressure on yourself? By doing it your way. Do it God's way, because his way is perfect. He's a perfect God. He makes no errors, make no mistakes. Listen, his way is true. His way is perfect. His way is the best way. His way is the only way to God, is his way. And we need to, listen, we need to listen to God. We need to surrender it all. Don't surrender some. If you surrender some, you ain't surrendered at all. 100%. Give it to him. Every time. Get in line. Listen, perspective is everything. Even in your job, you'll see a difference in your job. Listen, in your job, you will produce more work 
Because you, listen, you do your work for the glory of God, not for your own glory or for monetary gain. Listen, the last three years when I was in the military, I was so disappointed in things that in my life, in my job, that I didn't like it at the time. And that's the one because I was on a desk and not flying. But anyway, at the time. But listen, I, I had a hard time even getting up and being at work on time on Monday. You ever felt like that? <laughs> Sometimes a lot. But here's the thing. God had to change my perspective and my outlook. If I'm a believer, listen, as God gives me the job, God gives me the job, then I'm here to bring glory to Him and please Him and to honor Him with, with my life, with my job. i got to thank God for my job, no matter how good or bad it may seem. And here's my perspective shift. This is where God really smacked me down. He said, listen, I said he wasn't a hammer slammer, but he was one that let me know. Listen, I love you, but your perspective is all wrong. He says, you're going to work to gain a paycheck to take care of your family. He goes, I want you to stop doing that. He says, I want you to go to work for my glory. And when you do it for my glory, I promise you it'll be for your good. And listen, and when I started, I was like, whoa, okay. So I had to repent and say, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> listen, when I repented and gave that to Jesus and I got up, listen, I had a, I had a perkier step. I was up early. I was <coughs> eager to be at work on Monday morning. I was there because, you know what? I was on mission for Jesus. I had workers and co-workers sitting next to me that needed Jesus desperately. But yeah, I went, and I didn't, you know, I didn't have a filthy mouth. I didn't have all this stuff. But listen, I wasn't proactive at sharing my faith verbally, you know, or answering questions. And then what happened is God started opening up these guys, and they started saying, hey, man, tell me about, you know, one, I had a Catholic friend. And he says, because I noticed you got your Bible. He says, we go to church, we never take our Bible. I said, why don't you take your Bible? Well, we just trust what the priest is saying. I'm like, okay, but what if he's not saying the right thing? Hmm, he said, good point. Don't put your faith and trust in man, including me. Put your faith and trust in the Word of God. That's why he gave it to us. Read your history. Why do you think we got the Word in English? <laughs> think about that. You guys are so smart, man. We're so educated today. And yet, this is one of the less read things in the world. We got it on our fingertips. And I got Bibles, I got Bibles galore in my cell phone. I can look up any translation I want to look at and read it. Compare it. And I do at times. Word of God. Read it for yourself. Research. Research it. Try to disprove it. You can't. I promise you you won't. In the end, you will try and try and try, but it will turn your heart around and you'll say, it is true. He was born a virgin. He did die on the cross. He did perform miracles. He did rise from the dead. He is living at the right hand of the Father. And by golly, I'm going to believe him in my Savior. And then I want, he's going to pull up a chair right beside him on the throne of God. Ephesians 2. We are sitting, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Man, I love that. So we don't have to worry. We're not at home yet. We will be at home soon, sooner than we think. We're already there. We're seated there in spirit with God, with Jesus Christ. Amen. Perspective is everything. By God's will, God's way, 
may not look the way you thought. Listen, sometimes God's will doesn't look the way you thought it was going to look. But you've got to trust his will. You've got to trust him. You know, you're going to face trials, this and that. Listen, he will see you through. You and God, listen, make a majority. You and God make a majority. If God's got your back, listen, ain't nothing going to stop you. Number three, let me get going here. He, the compass, this compass here, it points us to truth. Faithfulness, truth, right, must not leave you. He says, must not leave you. This GPS of God's word will always point you to truth. God's inerrant word, truth. People will steer us away from his word. Busyness will steer us away from his word. Stay in his word, from his truth, but we must stick to it. His word must be our foundation and again our GPS for living, our compass for life. We must not just read his word, but we must meditate on his word. We must chew on it in our spirit, read a passage, chew it over, think about it, meditate on it all the time until it sinks deep within your heart. And that's how you bind it to your heart. And when you read it over and over, let it bind to your heart. And it becomes part of your DNA and who you are. Bind it, write it. Tablets of our hearts. Number four, this compass always points us to trust him or have faith in him. Always. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, verse 5, and do not rely on your understanding. God will never lead you astray ever. He's perfect. You know, am I going to trust him? That's my question for you. Am I going to trust him? When you can't see, listen, trust him. Because, listen, when you can't see God's hand in something, listen, trust his heart. It may not always look the way you, you want it to see. It's not going to look, sometimes it's not, it's about God's will, not your will. His way, not your way. You know, God doesn't tell you to do it. You know, you're just doing this, and you hope God just comes and lines up with your way. That's not the way God operates. It's the opposite. Your way has to line up with God's way and his will for your life. God never fails us ever if we will just trust him. Trust is a must. Since my retirement from the Air Force, I've had to trust God with everything that I've done in my life. Complete trust, total surrender. I can't hold on not to 1%, 1 millimeter. I can't hold on to anything with my life. I've got to trust God with it all. And there are times, I believe me, I want to grab a hold of it again. But God says, no, 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 no. Let go, man. Give it to me. Let, me. let me deal with that person. Let me deal with that job. Let me deal with that situation. Let me deal with it. And then he takes the pressure off of me when he does that. When I relinquish it and I let it go and I say, God, take it. Take this pressure. And I take it. And, he, and listen, when he takes it, man, he makes my load light. And he's able to keep me right where he wants me to be. It's awesome. Number five, this compass will always lead you to seek his will for all things. Listen, the compass will always lead you to seek his will for all things. Look at verse six. Think about him in what? All your ways. And he will what? Guide you on the right path. Don't you love that? He guides us. We must recognize that God has only the best for us. He loves us. He wants us to succeed in life. And we must seek his will. In fact, one of my verses, another anchor verse, Psalm 37, 23, says the footsteps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord. If you're a righteous person and you're submitted to the will of God, he's going to lead you in the right steps of what you need to do. Have you ever trusted God for something? 
and you sat there and you prayed and say, oh, Lord, I can't do this. I need some help on this. And that he actually came through on the prayer. You know, those are little markers of monuments for you to write down and to always remember that God is there. And if God is there, then why should we ever forsake him? Why should we ever walk away from him? Let God deal with you. Let God lead you. Take the pressure off of yourself and give it to Jesus. He's asking for it. His shoulders are huge and broad, and he can carry any load that you may have. But you need to let go and let him have it. You've got to let him do it. That's our responsibility. We've got to let it go. And then number six, listen, he says he points us to obedience. Don't consider yourself to be wise. He says, fear the Lord and what? Turn away from evil. Always obeying God. Always obey God, leaving all the consequences to him. Always obey God. No matter what you might see, feel, think, or whatever. If you're obeying God, listen, leave the concept. If God is leading you to do something, you do it. Don't put it off. Don't waste time. Do it. Do it. And you'll have a prosperous life. God has a pathway for us to walk in his direction. To go through things, to build character in our lives for his purpose and for his service. Why? Listen, so we can identify with others no matter where they are in their life. Man, you, you have a battle probably you're going through. You give it to God. Listen, that, you think other people don't have the same battle you're having? Whatever it is. God wants to use you to deliver the answer to others who battle the same thing you battle. He's there for you. We must be totally dependent on God. Otherwise, we will be drawn off the path. When we get off the path, listen, we're confused. We're blinded. We've got to stay on the straight and narrow. That, that road, that's a little sliver of a road, listen, is a road that leads to life in Matthew 7. It talks about it. Narrow is the way, right? Narrow is the gate that leads to life everlasting. It says broad is the way. And broad is the gate that leads to what? Everlasting destruction. And many are on that pathway. And you know it by looking at the world. Many are on that pathway that leads to everlasting destruction. Narrow is the way. How hard is it to get through that narrow gate? Listen, I believe it's one person at a time. It's just that few, few are going to find it. If you're in the sound of my voice, are you one of the few that are going to find it? There's a great potential possibility that you are part of the few that could find it, or you might be on that broad road of destruction as a, as a superhighway. Are you on that, on that little road that leads to life? It's a small road. It's there. So we get off the path, we end up being confused. So here's, here i got two questions for you. So I'm going to ask you this question. What is it in my life that has me slipping off the path of, of obedience? What is it in my life that has me slipping off the path of obedience? And the other question is, what choices have I made that we are trying to correct our course to get back on the right path? Now something, I'm sure, has come to your mind by me asking that question. Something. We must follow the leadership of the GPS, the Word of God, and turn away from evil. That's the answer. That's the cure. It's either godly or it's ungodly. Whatever you're doing is either the truth or it's a false. It's either right or it's wrong. There's no gray area, no in-between. It's either right or wrong. It's either truth or it's false or it's error. 
The world convinces us things are okay. Many are blinded by the world because they listen to the world system. Oh, it's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. God forgives you. Grace. It's all about grace. God forgives me. I'm saved. I can do what I want. And God covers me. And I would say, watch out for that because that's error. That's wrong. Grace, yes. Living voluntarily contrary to God's word is wrong. Because what you do is when you live continually wrong in the presence of a holy God who gave you life and breath, sustenance, salvation, eternal life, and you continue to walk that pathway that's wrong, listen, what you end up doing is trample over the blood of Jesus. And I would check my salvation to see if I'm really saved. Do I say we never sin? No. We sin. Your pastor sins. <laughs> i got to ask him for forgiveness like every single day. Not that I want to sin. I don't want to. I want to please God with my life. I know you do too. Don't trample the blood of Jesus. When Jesus came to this earth in John 1, he said he came full of what? Grace and truth. you got to have truth and grace. John 1, I think it's chapter, it's verse 14, 15. I think it's verse 14. John 1, 14. Listen, write that down look at it later. When Jesus came to this earth, he came full of grace, unmerited favor, undeserved favor. He died on the cross and washes us from our sin. He cleansed from all unrighteousness. Listen, he did all of that. Listen, he gives us grace. We don't deserve life in heaven. We don't deserve it. We're all filthy sinners deserving exactly what the payment would be, and that would be eternal death separated from God. But God loves his creation so much and loves you and I that he came to earth, took on skin as a man. He felt the way you feel, the way I feel. Feel the way we feel. And listen, he laid his life down. Volunteer. Nobody took his life. He laid it down. He could have called thousands of angels to rescue him, and he didn't. Because, listen, his mission was you, and his mission was me. And his mission was all of the world, the whole world. And he did that. Listen, so we would have a way to heaven to be with Marge. We've got to follow him. We've got to live for him. We've got to trust him. Trust is a must every single time. We must fear the Lord, walk in reverential obedience to him. He's God. This is easy. I'm not. Right? He's God. We're not. <laughs> He's God. Right? 